So welcome everyone to another episode of Do We Like Murder? And uh, and also we're coming to you from the Decatur Public Library in Decatur, Texas, featuring special am- ambience. Uh, we're having some work done, so if you hear any weird noises, just uh, just consider it added value. <laughs> we have uh, real world ambience. And uh, and we're talking about cults mm-hmm. today. Is that right? Yes. So just imagine that it's like cult sounds, <laughs> and and it'll just be all that much more creep creepier. Just a second ago, like that. Doesn't that sound like a chainsaw? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and some knocking, like. Uh-huh. I mean, not let me out or yeah. what? <laughs> so I guess I guess y'all are probably going to address some of these things. It's not. Not to to just to just use like blanket terms or you know blanket uh, or stereotypes like all cults are, are creepy, but that's kind of the reputation they've gained in our modern times. Yes. Right. Give me an example of a cult that is not creepy. Uh, let me think. I don't. I don't know. Y'all know about all the cults, right? <laughs> There, let me just say, there there are so many, and there's so many different types, mm-hmm. like, you know, religious and all that kind of stuff. Um, to just talk about one is difficult, mm-hmm. because they're all so fascinating. I don't know. A lot of them, to me, seem like they go back to religion, somehow. Mm-hmm. Yes. Some kind of spirituality yes. or something. Some mm-hmm. form of belief around, mm-hmm. that centers around a charismatic individual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, I mean, if you, I guess if you think about it, any any organized religion started out in some form as a cult because you started out small and 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 faith and and belief or whatever they grew their their following and their organization and then when is it not considered a cult anymore does it get to a certain size and then i think cult is more like bad things happen within that religion Uh so um abuse and murders and those kinds of things um but i guess maybe do that does that happen in every religion in a lot i mean you can't group it all together i don't think i mean there's several religions organized big mm-hmm. where you hear scandals that mm-hmm. abuse and that's true you know and i guess the wow. point is <laughs> like is that today the cults y'all are going to talk about are creepy cults mine is right? mine is small yeah, small, creepy And, and those mm-hmm. terrible things did happen. That's why it's do we like murder, because we wouldn't talk about <laughs> about cults where there wasn't a murder or potential for murder <laughs> right. on, a, on a segment like this. So, all right, well, I guess that, uh, that's as good as an uh, intro to the topic as any. <laughs> what kind of cults did y'all research and investigate? Well, mine has a little bit of spirituality in it, but it's mainly a self-help so, there's been some debate on whether or not it's considered a cult. And I think he was just barely getting started. So, his name was James Arthur Ray. And he was in The Secret. He was on Oprah. 
became this huge sensation. And then he started going a little on the on the deep end, and then he had a big thing happen where three people died, and there's a lot more there, but this is going to make Don angry. I'm just going to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, um, I've watched The Secret, and I've watched him on Oprah, or watched, you know, when they were mm-hmm. talking on Oprah, which is probably where I, I initially saw it. Um, it's very intriguing, and I think that, in a way, some of their things that they talk about are, I want to I, I guess true. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess I kind of believe in what you think about comes about. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of plays on the secret and what they're, they're saying. Basically, if you think on something and you put it in the atmosphere or, mm-hmm. you know, everything, then it's going to eventually um, materialize. Mm-hmm. So, so what do you have to say about all this? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so James Arthur Ray he is 62 now. Um, he was, or no, he is, because he still is, a self-help businessman. Wow. Motivational speaker. And he can add convicted felon to that list now, too. Oh, oh my gosh. Um, so he had this, like, new age retreat type thing, you know, because of the, the secret and the whole, he, let's see, what was his thing? He was an advocate of the law of attraction. So okay. that basically means that it's, um, he advocated for like the new thought belief, the positive thinking can heal physical ailments, which I'm like, hmm. that's super dangerous. Yeah. You're sick and being like, I'm not sick. Isn't going to cure anything. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but alrighty. Um, he claimed to have used willpower to stay free of illness Interesting. And I'm like, just because you don't know you're sick doesn't mean you're not sick. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But, and you don't know if that's why he's not ever sick. (laughs) I mean, it could just be, he's lucky. I don't know. Um, and so that's kind of a, what, what he has kind of started out with. He was a huge fan of like the Tony Robbins seminars, you know, like watch the tapes and learn from that. And, Uh um, he actually started out. Uh, let's see. He dropped out of college, started working at AT&T. He was a telemarketer, but then he later became a sales manager and trainer. And he started his own seminars and his own motivational speaking events in the early 1990s. Okay. He didn't really become a big thing until he was on The Secret. And he was only on The Secret for like three minutes. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't even like a, a big. big thing. Mm-hmm. But then Oprah had him on. Her show. Uh, okay. And then Oprah had him on a show on her show a couple of times. So then Ooh. then he skyrocketed. Interesting. And then it became a big he became a big deal. So he when he, you said he's a businessman, he is not uh, in business with the other people in the secret other than no. being on that video. Right. Okay. Yep. Yep. So early on he let's see there have been some safety concerns with some of his stuff in 2000 he began incorporating sleep deprivation fasting fire and glass walking into his seminars wow he 
um, invented versions of the sweat lodge, sweat lodge ceremonies, mm-hmm. which I am like super against him doing that. And it seems like it could be very dangerous. I mean, I know it was a very big ritual for um, American Indians. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Well, and, and that's where my objection comes from. Mm-hmm. I was like, you're taking something that is a very spiritual thing that you don't know anything about. Mm-hmm. But they have to go through, like, serious training to do. Mm-hmm. You have no background in this. And you're just appropriating it to make money. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's true. He didn't have, you know, adequately trained medical staff. Um, there was one woman who shattered her hand in 2005 at one of his seminars after she was pressured by Ray to participate in a quasi-martial arts board-breaking exercise. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, I mean, he just takes a little bit from everything, mm-hmm. you know, and so she hurt her hand. Uh, she sustained multiple fractures. And see. I wonder what that looked like on stage. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> I'm just like, I can't believe you spent money to break your own hand, girl. Right. <laughs> and then wh- how did he handle that up there? Oh, I guess you're not believing enough. <laughs> Pretty much is probably what happened. Yeah, because he's. Uh, let's see. He started his spiritual warrior exercises in 2006. Um, participants after signing waivers were told to put a sharp point of an arrow, so like an arrowhead, mm-hmm. up to against the soft part of their neck and lean against the tip. Ooh. And a man named Kurt sustained injuries during the exercise as the shaft snapped and the arrow point deeply penetrated his eyebrow. Oh my gosh. He could have lost an eye. Holy. <laughs> Was any other shutdown? No. <sighs> no, no. In 2005, before the big thing happened in October of 2009, mm-hmm. um, someone was seriously injured involving, they had to be hospitalized at the Angel Valley Ranch during a spirit, spiritual warrior retreat led by Ray. Mm-hmm. Um, they had to call for an emergency, for an ambulance to come. A 42-year-old man had fallen unconscious after the exercises inside the sweat lodge. Wow. So, so wasn't his first rodeo. It wasn't the first time someone had gotten hurt while he was doing his sweat lodge. So in 2009, um, several people, I think there was like 56 people, mm-hmm. had signed up to go to his spiritual warrior retreat. Okay. Um, it cost $10,000 per person. Holy cow. How many days was this? It was, I believe, a three-day retreat. Holy cow! Yeah. So, sorry, that was yeah. like <laughs> on the first day of the seminar, they were told to dress as homeless people. They brought a bunch of mismatched clothes, and you had to just go and grab clothes out of the piles, like you couldn't match or anything like that. Mm-hmm. You were going to dress like homeless people. You couldn't take any ID. Couldn't take any money. They loaded them up onto a bus. Mm. And this was in San Diego. Loaded them up into a bus, went and dropped them off at a location, told them to just wander around the city like homeless people. Okay. No money, no phone, no ID. They had to be back after several hours to the location so, so the bus could pick them up. So if you get hungry or whatever, you're just homeless for those few hours, basically. You're just basically. for those hours, yeah. Interesting. So... um. 
there was a woman named Colleen Conaway mm-hmm. who was there at the at the retreat, and she committed suicide while on her homeless challenge. Oh no! She went up to the Horton Plaza Mall, uh-huh. um, all the way up to the to the top to the roof, and jumped. Oh my gosh! Um, there was another attendee. That was also there just kind of walking around, mm-hmm. being homeless, um, who witnessed her suicide, witnessed her oh. falling. Um, he had no idea that it was her. Uh-huh. Like, he didn't know. She didn't have any ID, so she was Jane Doe for several days. Because, oh, yes. You know what? Because James Ray wasn't going to be like, oh, we know who that is. Uh-huh. Wow. Um, so she died. Another attendee witnessed her suicide. When they were picked back up, like when they went back to the bus, were taken back to sit around and talk about what they experienced, what they learned from the experience. He told the group what he saw, that he saw a woman commit suicide Mm -hmm. and that he was deeply affected by what he saw. Yeah. Um, At the time, he still didn't know that it was someone from the retreat. Mm -hmm. Ray dismissed his whole thing, was just like, oh, you know, too bad. They did not offer him any kind of help. They didn't offer him any kind of counseling. Wow. They weren't like, you know, maybe you should not be a part of the group right now. Like, take mm-hmm. the process what you saw. Yeah. Nope. And he didn't find out until later that it was someone from the retreat. Oh, my goodness. So they were just like. So then it was even more uh, emotionally mm-hmm. uh, traumatic. Wow. Yeah. Um. Let's see. He would... Um, the first thing that they did when they got there to the retreat, before they did the whole homeless thing, was that they had to shave their heads. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Even the women? Oh, especially the women. Um, if you didn't, you were ridiculed, basically bullied, and he would tell them that they were not playing full on, which is something that he would say all the time. Play full on. Like, whatever that means. Oh. And oh my goodness. so they were pressured into doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they had to shave their heads. They did the homeless challenge. They came back. They um, all got together, you know, to talk about their experience and all that. And then Ray told them that he was God. And if he killed you you had to lie on the floor and not move until he told you that you weren't dead okay and so that's what he he did like if he got upset with something that you said or whatever he would tell you that he killed you and so you would have to like fall on the ground and be dead <laughs> you know and i'm like really y'all like you yeah. paid ten thousand dollars for this yeah <laughs> just like okay um he told them that they were so afraid of dying that they forgot to live they had to kill themselves to be free so then they had to pretend to take imaginary imaginary swords from their belt and slit their throats wow and he called this the samurai challenge (laughs) okay (laughs) yeah so that happened first day so tell me again what the name of this retreat was called. Spiritual Warrior. Spiritual Warrior. Okay. Yeah. He promised them that 
he would help these people find happiness, money, and love if they adhered to his mantras and his advice. Huh. So he was promising all kinds of things. Yeah. So then the next day, they were sent out into the desert with their journals and told that they were going to have a vision quest. Oh, no. Uh-huh. No water. No food, no water. Oh, my gosh. Nothing. Um, they had to stay out there in the wilderness mm-hmm. <laughs> for, um, believe it was 36 hours. Oh, my gosh. So he was out there. They were all out there having their vision quest, which I'm still like, dude. <laughs> right. Just appropriating all kinds of things. Um, <sighs> so you had, they went to breakfast and that was, no, actually they, they didn't. They, had, they hadn't eaten since like the first day mm-hmm. they had gotten there. And so then that, that was it. Like they didn't have breakfast, didn't have lunch. They were sent out into the, so some people hadn't eaten since the whole, like the people that died uh-huh. hadn't eaten since before then. Oh my goodness. So there was all kinds of people that hadn't had food or anything like that, but like 36 hours, no food, no water. Wow. And people that had actually gone longer than that mm-hmm. uh, were out there. Um, some people left. A lot of them stayed. Um, And then after they came back, Mm -hmm. then they finally got to eat breakfast. Okay. Before they went to the sweat lodge. Oh, nice. Yeah. And so they were not going to have lunch or anything like that. Like it was breakfast. This is what we're doing. Explaining Mm -hmm. the whole sweat lodge thing to them and then doing the sweat lodge. So this is the first time they've had food and water in at least 36 hours, mm-hmm. not longer than that. So they're really not even hydrated before they go into mm-hmm. the sweat lodge. Okay. Yep. Let's see. Um, so he talked about the sweat lodge. Like, he knew what he was talking about. You know, he called it sacred. Um, he told them, he basically made the symptoms of heat ex- exhaustion seem like that was part of the process. So he told them that, let's see, he was like, you're most likely will feel like your skin is going to fall off of your body. It is hellacious hot. I'm the master of the lodge. And so when I tell you to do something, that's when you do it. You don't say anything unless you're asked to say anything. And then he, um, he told them that they would enter into an altered state, that they should try to keep it together as much as possible. Um, Leaving was, uh, leaving was not encouraged when it got tough. It was like, you just have to let go and say, if I'm going to die, it's okay, because I don't ever die. Not really. My body dies. I don't die. Oh, my gosh. So in the, in the lodge, a woman named Brandy Amstel had actually p- uh, put herself near Ray, who <laughs> stayed at the structure's opening. Oh, so it was cooler. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, during the, the rounds of, of heat, some people left. At one point, she decided to leave, too. Mm-hmm. Um, she said that Ray was trying to get her to stay, but she was crying and panicking. And so once she was out, the staff dosed her with cold water. And she says, it felt surreal, like I was watching from up above some stuff happening. There was steam coming off my body as they poured the water on it. 
Oh my god. That gosh. is not right. No. <laughs> so um well, then they never, they tell you when you're even exercising that you don't mm-hmm. want to go and take a cold shower. That's not good for your body. Right. And so for them to douse them like that. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Well, no one knew what they were doing. Yeah. They were all following James Arthur Ray. Like, <sighs> he knew what he was doing. Yeah. Um, one of the, the women, Liz Newman, she was there with Laura Tucker. Um, she... Let's see. Laura Tucker said that they had to, there was about 56 people. They sat on, they sat in two con, they sat in two circles in the lodge around the pit where they had those stones and okay. fire and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, she said she heard a man start screaming that he was having a heart attack. Ray told him to pull it together. When the man said he felt as he was going to die, James responded, it's a good day to die. Oh, my gosh. Was he really having a heart attack? I don't think so. More anxiety. Yeah. 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 So, um, after eight rounds of about 15 minutes each, after more than two hours, they finally ended the the ceremony. Um, Ray came out. He was pretty much unscathed just a little sweaty because you know they kept opening the door to bring in more rocks or whatever and he was right by the entrance so mm-hmm. he never got the full and people would leave and uh-huh. open the door again yep yep plus he'd probably been eating and drinking and for the last yeah. three days <laughs> so the scene after the lodge um the woman that we had talked about earlier brandy amstel she says that she recalls people staggering out um, some were carried out, some were throwing up, some were freaking out, flailing. Um, there were two people still inside the structure, and then someone finally called 911. Um, the helicopter arrived about 30 minutes later, um, and then the ambulance came. Liz Newman was taken to the nearest hospital, and she was in intensive care for a week before she died. Oh. James Shore and Kirby Brown were dead, so three people died. 19 people had become ill. Wow. Uh, Detective Ross Diskin arrived at the scene, and he said he didn't really understand or know what had happened. Mm -hmm. Uh, He says, I didn't know if this was some kind of cult or mass suicide or what. I could see women walking around with shaved heads. They were walking around almost like zombies, like they were in shock. Diskin recalled that he would have loved to talk to Ray right then, Mm -hmm. uh, but he was gone. After the lodge, Ray walked into his rental car, climbed in, and drove away. No way. He left them all. Uh Uh-huh. What a loser. He saw that this had gone south and was out. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So, at first, they they didn't think that a crime had occurred because they were all there um, voluntarily, Mm -hmm. you know, and they had stayed inside the sweat lodge to basically cook to death. Oh, my gosh. That's horrible. But that changed during the investigation when they realized that it wasn't really their decision to stay. They had been conditioned to do what Ray had told them to do. Mm -hmm. And so he had basically linked out the symptoms of heat stroke to them and presented it as if that was the desired effect. So he basically told them, this is what's going to happen to you. Uh That's what you want to happen to you so you can have your breakthrough. Wow. So four months later, Ray was charged with three crowns 
three counts of manslaughter. It was not a freak accident. Like he, the actions on his part created the conditions that made death and that event inevitable. Mm -hmm. When people were in distress, he did not help them. Um, So there was a long trial. The jury found him guilty of negligent homicide. He was sentenced to 20 months in prison. Okay. In November of 2011. He served 18 months and was released on July 12th of 2013. Wow. So, not even two years. Yeah. And now three deaths. That's a big deal. Yeah. Are the families, like, very mad? I'm sure they probably are. Um, sure. I'm sure they are, too. Jenny Brown, who was Kirby's mom, um, she said that... She wanted something positive to come out of what happened, so they launched the Seek Safely organization, which looks to educate and empower consumers searching for self-help teachers, as well to as well as to promote professional standards in an industry that is unregulated. Ah, yeah. Um, so they have this uh, this promise that they ask self-help teachers to take, mm-hmm. basically saying that. They will follow all safety guidelines. Um, if they see someone in distress, you know, they'll let them go and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, and you basically make a promise to, you know, do your best to keep things safe. Yeah. You make that the promise and they give you a certificate, you know, and um, if you don't know how to make things safe, mm-hmm. they, they help you with that. The organization helps you try to figure out what your best safety protocols should be. Okay. Uh, James Arthur Ray has refused to make that promise. Really? Uh-huh. And he's still doing the same business? Oh, yeah, he's still doing his same self-help nonsense. <sighs> so right. let me tell you where he is now. How, how could they, uh, you know, you would think when they would give the um, the punishment phase of the trial and all that, that they would make him not allowed to do that business anymore right i mean i don't know do people who go to jail for tax fraud they're not allowed to do i don't know that stuff anymore i don't know that's interesting <laughs> like are they allowed to like manage people's money i don't know <laughs> so he was released under supervision um, after serving less than two years in 2017, he appealed to the Arizona court to vacate his convictions. He believed that a clean record would help his career, assist in plans of foreign travel, and organizing events. Basically, he didn't want anybody to know that he was a criminal. Right. Not that it mattered. I'm going to tell you that right now. However, the request was turned down. Good. So, he came out with a book titled The Business of Redemption. Okay. After prison, Ray set his sights on rebuilding his career, and the book was his stepping stone. He said to Fox 5, to quote him, pain is the mother of all growth. It really has been horrific in so many ways, and it's so painful. And yet, I'm incredibly grateful because I've learned so much. I've grown so much. And it gives me an opportunity to help people in a deeper way than I was ever able to before. I killed three people, but that's okay. Yeah. Because I've learned so much and mm-hmm. I'm so much better. Yeah. This is all about me. Me, me. Right. 
He also addressed how he took responsibility <laughs> for the 2009 events in his new book, saying, it was my lodge. It was my event. It was my choice to do a dangerous activity. And so therefore, as a leader, which the new book, The Business of Redemption, is all about leadership. Mm-hmm. As a leader, when something goes wrong in your inter- in your business or in your large corporation, there's one person who is in the crosshairs and one person who is responsible. Okay, yeah, because he wasn't actually there observing what's going on. You just made the decision to do a dangerous activity. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <sighs> okay. So, since then, he's appeared uh, in public events. He was the keynote speaker for a tech summit at the Regan Building in Washington. Understandably, since Ray has come out from prison, he has been focused on a redemption arc, which shows up in many of his sessions. Ray put out a video at the start of 2020, promising it would be a great year. (laughs) Okay. Yep. It seems 2020 is a master number and his wishes below hold hope that people will unlock their potential, but then COVID happened. (laughs) Ah, but that didn't stop him. He's doing a virtual, he's doing virtual events. You're kidding. I am not. How much do those cost? Oh, I'm getting there. (sighs) Okay. So... This month, there is a three-day Zoom event. General admission is $597. Holy cow. VIP admission is $797 per seat. You get 12 monthly online coaching sessions with James, monthly exercises, workbooks, and strategic planners, weekly live Q&A sessions with James, access to the resource library, membership to community mastermind group members only private email access to submit questions to james all live q a sessions are audio and video recorded and stored in your private membership for future reference but that's not all don really diamond admission (laughs) is eight thousand four hundred and ninety seven dollars per seat what are you going to get for that and you get one-on-one consultation with James and everything else that came in the VIP admission. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> now, one-on-one, that's not virtual. So we're waiting until after COVID and or six feet distancing. I don't know. I, I don't want to be near him. Um, yeah. So he makes YouTube videos with his wife. He has a blog on his website. He is active on social media. He has not lost a thing. He is still considered a self-help guru, and he is still a very skeevy man. And his wife uh-huh. is still with him? I think they met after. Oh, but still. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So in 2016, CNN made a documentary called Enlighten Us, The Rise and Fall of James Arthur Ray. Mm-hmm which recounts Ray's rise to fame to the self-help industry, followed by his conviction, his release from prison. In the documentary, director Jenny Karkman asked Ray directly how he could have caused these people's deaths, to which he replies, it had to happen because it was the only way I could experience and learn and grow through the time, through the things that I've done. You come out of a situation like this and you're either bitter and angry or you're more awake and grateful i choose awake and grateful and i choose to see it as a test of character and a test through fire and i think i did okay what about the families Uh uh-huh 
so there was that documentary out there. There's also, like, if you want to hear more, like, a in, in-depth dive into this awful man, mm-hmm. listen to some of the interviews with the attendees, victims, Kirby Brown's mother. Um, there's a podcast called Guru, The Dark Side of Enlightenment. Okay. By investigative journalist Matt Stroud. Uh, James Arthur Ray and Oprah refused to be interviewed. <laughs> so Oprah never made any kind of statement at all after any of this happened. She you was think? Like, she was like, even though she really helped him be yeah, who he became. Exactly. So I'm going to leave you with this tweet from him from yesterday. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. The painful memories. All of us have a lot of painful memories, and they keep you stuck. They keep you living in the past. Why are they lies? Well, watch the whole video. Please subscribe to me, to my YouTube channel, for more videos like this. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Self-help. Yes. Selfish help. Mm Mm-hmm. See, that's what I don't believe in. I mean... Well, and he took a tiny little bit of spirituality. Uh Uh-huh. Just... Again, he appropriated a whole bunch of Native American stuff mm-hmm. for his own, like, this is going, like, a vision quest. You don't know what you're doing. Sweat right. lodges, you don't know what you're doing. Well, and that lady put her trust in him that she was going to to get better or have a better outlook. And he makes her do that whole homeless thing and shave her head and make her feel worse about herself. Mm-hmm. And then she goes and kills herself. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's horrible. Well, and they'd spent the whole, yeah. Like who knows how much, how many awful things he had said already, you know, about yeah dying and having to, you know, be reborn or whatever. And craziness. it's a great day to die. Mm-hmm. So maybe she decided it was. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. And he took no responsibility for that. <sighs> yeah. People listen to you, and they put their faith in you, and you say things mm-hmm. that affect them, and you don't know how it's going to affect them. Well, and the first he, thing he's he, not he responsible for what he's saying. Yeah. And the first thing he told them was that he was God. <sighs> so... Yes. So, uh, very cultish behavior. I think if I think if he had continued on the path that he was on, he would probably be a leader of a cult right now. Mm-hmm. I think the fact that he is still doing his business mm-hmm. and still being a self-help teacher and speaker. Also, why would you give him money to go to your organization and team build anything exactly <laughs> like i don't know why you would still give him money period i mean i probably would never have given him money to begin with but it's okay in your pursuits if somebody dies right like yeah it's like because you're gonna learn from it right and it was still all about him mm-hmm. like I, I was like you were responsible for these things and he took he took responsibility like first of all no he didn't uh-uh I was like, second of all, he's made it about him. He's going through this awful thing, Mm y'all. Like him. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. The terrible things that happened to him. All right. James Arthur Wright. (laughs) (laughs) I am so sad for you. 
And I hope people understand and read more about you and what you've done. Before giving you money. Yes. Let them know what they're doing before they get into it. Mm -hmm. You need to be up front and say, I just killed three people in one of my sweat lodges and uh, one of my seminars. But you can still come (laughs) because I've learned some things. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't do those anymore. (sighs) Instead, I sit at home and teach you things from zoom for general admission was 597 dollars way overpriced stuff <laughs> it's like okay i hope i don't get any emails from him because i went to his website and i was like zoom he's having a zoom three-day event and then i was like i need more information on this yeah and then i clicked on it and i'm like i'm probably gonna be getting weird emails from him later <laughs> gonna pop up on my facebook feed i'm gonna be like crap <laughs> you're gonna see him everywhere everywhere <laughs> oh well to segment into mine my guy told everybody he was god also they do that yeah <laughs> so it, it had nothing to do with like a real religion he just decided that's what he was so mine is about uh, marcus Wesson? Yeah, Marcus Wesson. Have you heard of him? Mm, I don't think so. Yeah, because I looked up unknown cults. <laughs> or, You're like, Denise isn't going to know this. That's uh-huh. right. Because <laughs> every other one, I'm like, oh, she knows. She, she knows. knows <laughs> Although they were still really fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I read more about the um, Jonestown and uh-huh. some other things that were really interesting. But these unknown cults, were fascinating. So one of the titles that this guy, the leader, was um, given was the Vampire King. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> See, I knew you'd like that. <laughs> because when they actually caught him, he was walking out of his house covered in blood. Ooh. So, other than that, of the things that I've read, I did not see that, like, he drank blood or mm-hmm. he did anything like that. But that doesn't mean he didn't. Right. So, so Marcus Wesson was um, a family man. However, um, he, when he got married, he married uh, Elizabeth, who was eight years old. Ah. Yes. And how old was he? Oh, I'm sure he was of age. It doesn't really say. He was say. an adult? Uh, <laughs> yes. Okay. He was. <laughs> um, and somehow her mother allowed it. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. And so, you know, they were together. And by the time she was 14, she started having children. Ugh. Uh-huh. And she had 11 children with him between the time she was 14 and 25. You can't see my face because of my mask, uh-huh. but it's very, very disgusted. My face is very disgusted right now. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, mm. so Marcus Wesson's cult was his family because yeah. it was all his kids. And it was like 12 people. <laughs> yes. And their kids. And oh, yes. I mean, it was just horrible. Ugh, it's disgusting. Um, so they lived in this situation and, and part of the bad thing is, is that the kids didn't know any better. 
because they were not allowed outside. Right. They didn't know what was normal and what wasn't normal. Right. This was normal to them. Yeah. This is how they grew up. Yeah. So at age eight is when he started, and what the article I read, they put it in quotes, um, he started loving them. Oh. So he would go to their beds. Mm-hmm. It was it was just horrible stuff. Okay. Um, he was very uh, kind of, I guess, fear-mongering. He would um, just keep them in the sense that you don't do what I say, you're going to be punished for mm-hmm. it. And one of the, the kids his punishment lasted 30 days and he was given um, 63 hits a day. He would get 21 in the morning, 21 in the afternoon and 21 at night for 30 days. And I'm sure that it was not a light little. Right. And so I don't know how many of the other kids actually got something like that. Mm -hmm. But um, so Eventually, Marcus was convicted of nine murders um, and 14 counts of rape. Um, His, let me see, two of his nieces, I guess, Mm -hmm. somehow got away and they, um, they let him keep their kids right i know and so then they he decided that they he was going to move um to washington and they didn't want the kids to leave and so they went to his house and confronted him and he was all like okay fine you know but the women his other wives were all like no, you demons, you can't do that, you know, because he'd brainwashed them. Uh-huh. Um, and so they were all down on, on the, the nieces. Um, but then somehow, I mean, the police were called because it was this whole domestic dispute. Mm-hmm. And once they got there, they were talking with him. He was, you know, talking and he was fine. And then all of a sudden, you know, something was going on and he disappeared. Well, that's when he went in the house and he killed everybody who was in there with the with the cops outside yeah so a couple people said that they heard gunshots Mm -hmm. but the cops are saying no they didn't hear gunshots so who knows what happened yeah but they were killed um there was a reporter alicia who um has written a book about marcus and it's titled, Where Hope Begins. And so she, uh, she was the journalist that was taking care of a lot of this stuff. And um, the brainwashing that happened with these kids and mm-hmm. families was just amazing to me. Um, Elizabeth, the wife, it says here, she said she was too traumatized to remember anything significant. That's what happened in court. But it's like, really? I, I just don't, you know, she was eight yeah. when things started happening to her. She didn't know any better probably mm-hmm. either what was, what was okay and what was not, especially if your mom yeah. gives you away in marriage, basically. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's see. 
So it says here that her husband, which is Marcus, maintains that his 25-year-old daughter, Sabrina, carried out the killings on her own initiative and then killed herself. So he's trying to blame it on one of the kids. Yeah. And um, her 18-month-old son that she had with him had died in the massacre. So part of his whole belief system um, was that God was like vampires because neither of them died. And so he started giving his kids vampire names, huh. which I thought that was very fascinating because yeah. what, what constitutes a vampire? Right. Name? I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> and I think one of the names was Java uh-huh. because Jesus and vampire, he put them together <laughs> and that's what he came up with. Nice. And that, that is considered a vampire name. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's got vampire in it. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's just like, sorry to um, put these in here, but like uh, Brangelina or something, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, okay, so one of the other things that he did with the kids is he separated the girls and the boys. And he did that so that they wouldn't get feelings for each other. Right. And um, so or flowers in the attic situation. Yeah. You're only around each other. What else is going to happen? Exactly. Or other men. So what other men? Because right. they're like, there's nobody here. Um, so when you said his other wives, were those his daughters? Yes. He okay. married He married his daughters. He married his daughters? Okay. Yes, he did. They would go into a separate room. And they would lay their hand on the Bible, and he would lay his hand on top of theirs, and he would do the ceremony. Oh, okay. Yes. Wow. Lovely. Yeah. I don't know what age that happened at. but <laughs> Probably eight. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah. It's <sighs> ridiculous. Okay. So, oh, and you're going to love this part. He homeschooled them. Of course he did. <laughs> <laughs> can't send them to school <laughs> they're gonna start talking right however they were so afraid that when he did let some of them out to get a job they didn't say anything they didn't go to the police they didn't say anything to co-workers because they thought it was normal right they didn't know to say anything mm-hmm. one of his sons was um it, there's I've got a link here and I'll I'll share that with you because there's mm-hmm. some pictures in there that I think everybody would would find interesting. But there's a picture of three of his sons that had um survived and two of them look okay, but the other one is kind of mad or defiant mm-hmm. in, in his his demeanor and his facial expression and he really, I guess, strongly stood up for his dad when all this stuff came out. That wow. his dad didn't do anything wrong and all that stuff. But after he's had some education and has right. learned a little bit more, he realizes what he was. Mm-hmm. Um, the good thing is that one of the, the boys that was interviewed, what was his name? Serafino. 
they interviewed him and and I was going to say something about him but I don't remember what it was (laughs) (laughs) Um, oh that's what it was he's married now and has two kids and he wants to be a police officer Um, so I think that you know that's a good thing Um, the reporter during this whole thing you know reporters aren't supposed to get involved with their stories and all that right she broke that rule because she knew that they didn't have any money and no place to go. So she took in um, his wife, Elizabeth, and her daughter, Kiara, Kiani, and Gypsy, I think was Kiani's daughter. Um, but he took them all in, or she took them all in, and then Gypsy has now has a a child from another man. I don't, you know, she's got another relationship and um, I don't think the other ones are in any other relationships. But they're starting to see, you know, what had happened. And this was in 2005. 2005 people wow. believed in s- this stuff. Yeah. You know, that's crazy. Um, part of them, the testimony was about her knowing how did you let him do this to your kids? Mm-hmm. And she's like, I didn't know. I didn't know what was happening. How do you not know when yeah. you're in the house? So he says, or uh, this article says that um, she saw her s- husband leaning over their 17-year-old daughter, but refused to describe anything else in the room. I just see her eyes. I just see her eyes. She repeated that dozens of times. I'm not sure that's all you saw, lady. Anyway, so the kids, part of what they had to do was live in, um, I think they lived in a boat. Um, And so they had to stay under the deck Mm -hmm. because if anybody saw them, then they would wonder why they weren't in school and it would attract attention. And so he couldn't have that. And um, Where was this? So this article I I found is um, Fresno, California. He was going to move to Washington State. And I Mm -hmm. think that they said that part of where they lived was off the coast of Washington State. Okay. So um, it was over there in the Pacific somewhere. I guess in 2005, homeschooling wasn't that big of a... Because, I mean, they saw the kids, and it's like, why aren't they in school? Oh, they're being homeschooled. Yeah. It, it shouldn't have been a, that big yeah, of a deal. Yeah, they just been like, all right. You know? Yeah. So. Hmm. But that's what um, what she said. So, this is, this is interesting. When they, um, the two nieces went over to the house, the other wives shouted down at her Judas Judas and bow down to your master my gosh so that is Marcus Wesson wow yes he, he created his own cult he is now in San Quentin State prison forever he was condemned 
to death. (laughs) (laughs) Forever, right? (laughs) Yes, he was given the death penalty, but I don't think he's gotten it yet. Nah, those take those take time. Yeah, but you know the other thing is, and 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 something that I read in here that he was a big burly guy, and he is. I mean, I saw a couple pictures, Mm -hmm. but once you get a picture of his whole body you see that it's like, I, I don't think I would go up against yeah. him. And there were people, I, okay, so I've read several different accounts mm-hmm. of different cults. So I think this is goes with this, this account. But yeah. <laughs> several of the jurors said that they did not want to sit on this jury because they were afraid of him. Oh. So I don't blame them. Yeah. Let me see if I can find a picture. Because the girls are really pretty. Okay, this is the one that really kind of showed me. Can you oh, see it? Oh, yeah. He's just he's just a big guy. Mm-hmm. And he he has a presence to him. Yeah. And um yeah, I can uh, understand if they were um afraid. But these are his boys and this is the one I was telling you that yeah was looks really defiant um there's and it'll show the here just a second the the girls they're very pretty yeah so anyway i'm going to give that link to denise so she can share that with y'all if you want to find out some more information about the vampire king yeah <laughs> <laughs> any other questions about this dude? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, I've got questions, but I don't think you can answer them. <laughs> yeah. You know, he was, I think it was, he was a banker for a while. And then he just. He was like, I'm going to marry an eight-year-old girl. Yeah. He just kept saying that God had his, was talking to him. And then he ended up quitting his job and um, getting married to an eight-year-old. And her mom so. just let that happen. You know, I, like... I know. I, I can't even... I can't believe. I can't think of what he could have possibly have said to her that would have been like, okay. Like, mm-hmm. maybe if, you know, she couldn't take care of her kid mm-hmm. and he was offering her a home, you know... That maybe she didn't know that it was going to be his wife, but was offering to adopt or something. But still, like, at some point, don't you, I don't know, like, I can't think of anything that someone would be able to say to be like, yes, take my, take my eight-year-old daughter. So something I had read said that the, the mother of Elizabeth... Elizabeth was the eight-year-old girl. So Elizabeth's mother's sister, so her aunt, allowed him to take her kids as well. Huh. Yeah. Part of the other reason he was called a vampire king was because they slept on coffins. Now, they didn't say in coffins. On them. Yes. <laughs> Which I found very interesting. These are antique coffins. You're sleeping on top of them. Like all the cushiony stuff is inside. Oh, no. <laughs> like, 
I mean, let me have a, a, a comfortable bed if you're going to kill I mean, me anyway. I mean, you sleep on a coffin. Can I just sleep in the coffin? Yeah. <laughs> like, at least there's a little pillow or something. <laughs> and so part of the, the reason that he killed them was because it was better for them to be, um, for the family to die than to be separate, separated by Child Protective Services. But they died. He didn't. Right. Yeah. They were going to tell. They yeah. weren't They weren't going to be aware that they were telling anything bad because this is how they lived their lives. This is how they grew up. This is what they were born into. Mm-hmm. Someone was just going to ask them how their day-to-day went. And they were going to tell them without thinking that there was anything wrong. Yep. And I mean, he was still going to end up where he ended up. Yes. Which is where he needs to be. Oh, yeah. I have mixed feelings about the death penalty, but I think on things like this, I'm like, Mm -hmm. I think, I think I'm okay with that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yes, because it was the abuse for so many years Mm -hmm. of these women and children Mm -hmm. and all that. And then he murders them. Yeah. They're his kids. They're his family. Mm -hmm. And he murders them. I don't even know what to say. So it all goes back to religion, it seems like. <laughs> in even, some form even of fashion. Even a tiny little bit. Yeah. Like, even just a tiny little little bit. Like, with James Arthur Ray here, like, mm-hmm. he was never really, like, let's talk about Christianity or a branch of Christianity or any other religion. It was just, let me take a little bit of this spirituality mm-hmm. from Native Americans. Let me take a little bit of this spirituality from Japanese culture and, you know. Yeah. And see, and I don't think that he, um, he, I think he would read the Bible to them, but he had his own spin on it. Mm-hmm. So, like, this instance right here, um, he said that um, his conduct was consistent with the Bible and that Jesus was a womanizer. So. Like, what's he? <laughs> I mean, that's what he, like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, it says this, the family studied the Bible three times a day with Wesson interpreting the passages for the group. Oh. And among his favorites were those dealing with polygamy. Well, oh. God's people are becoming extinct. We need to preserve God's children. We need to have more children for the <laughs> Lord. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's just disgusting. It is. He is where he needs to be. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I guess just protect your kids. I don't know what yeah. else to say. Yeah. Help them to think for themselves and to realize that. Yeah, I'm still like, how, how do you just, sure, sure, guy, go ahead and take my daughter. Like, yeah. Well, happened. and even your, your guy, he's like, you put your trust into them, the people in these these positions and the way that they market themselves. Yeah. And, you know, they are not God. They might have some good ideas or things that might work for you, mm-hmm. but they might work and they might not. Right. And you, you need to have your head straight. Right. And. Yeah. I don't know where you get it straight. At some point, I can't imagine going to one of these 
self-help seminar things and not be like, so I need to pay $10,000 for you to show me how to unlock my potential. Like, what does that even mean? Right. <laughs> like, I know. It's not even a few, it's not a few hundred dollars. It's 10,000. Who has that kind of money? That lady who killed herself, she probably thought, I just gave this dude $10,000. I don't have no money left. Well, and Kirby's <laughs> Sorry. mom, one of the one of the women that died um, during the whole sweat lodge thing, Kirby's mom said that the $10,000 that Kirby used for the seminar was her life savings. Oh my goodness. She used every last bit of it, mm-hmm. which is probably why she didn't leave. Yes, she wanted that, to get her money's worth. Yeah, and she thought that she was going to at some point have a breakthrough, mm-hmm. especially when one of the women that was talking about doing the vision quest, um, like went out there 36 hours in the middle of the desert, sleeping on the ground, nothing with her mm-hmm. but her journal, you know, hearing animals out there somewhere. Snakes, yeah. scorpions. You know, and she was pretty sure that she heard some kind of wild animal really close to her mm-hmm. while she was sleeping, at, you know, at night. Oh, my goodness. Out there in the middle of nowhere. But she's writing in her journal. And at some point, she actually says that she got what she was what she was looking for. Like, she was out there in nature and she was connecting with herself. And I'm like, you paid this man to... Like, dump you out in the middle of the desert. You could have just gone camping. Exactly. You could have done that yourself. <laughs> I mean, it is being proven. 36 hours out there by yourself for you to have a, a vision quest. You uh-huh. can't see my air quotes, but I'm sure you can hear them. <laughs> my vision quest. Like, he wasn't even out there guiding you. Exactly. You know, it's like, go out there. Here's a journal. Uh-huh. Do your thing. Like... And it's like, you you can do that on your own and save your money. I mean, it's it's being proven that communing with nature in some way is really beneficial for mm-hmm. you. So, do it on your own. <laughs> right. And be safe about it. Yes. So, because anything could have, like, she could have gotten attacked by coyotes. Yes. And no one would have known about it no. because they didn't care. And they didn't even know where they went, per uh-huh. se. Yeah. Because they were supposed to probably just go out and scatter and be by mm-hmm. themselves. Right. Dangerous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And some people left. Some people were like, especially after like the first, you know, mm-hmm. kill yourself challenge. They're like, all right, I'm out. Well, and I think that that's, that's another lesson, too, is that you have to be okay to leave mm-hmm. a situation, whether it's this kind of situation or any situation, um, whether it's your self-confidence that you can leave, whether it's the defiance of somebody in leadership mm-hmm. that you can leave, or I paid this much money, I can't leave. Yes, you can all those reasons you, you can do it. Even if you made it through the three day event, whatever, you still weren't going to have your ten thousand dollars. Exactly. Like that's yeah. The, that's the thing. It's like, yes, that was your life savings. You don't have those life savings anymore, regardless of mm-hmm. whether you make it through the end of this 
or you don't make it through the end of this and you decide to leave, you're still out $10,000. Yeah. Like. Just leave. Just leave. It's okay. If you get that feeling in your gut for whatever reason, just leave. But that's the thing. I think the way he had convinced them all mm-hmm. that they were fine, everything was, was fine, that they were doing what they were supposed to be doing. You know, especially when it's like, we're going to do this sweat large ceremony. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you what you're going to feel and then tell you that that's exactly what you need to be feeling. You need to be feeling like you're burning up from the inside out. And feeling like you're going to die, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. And that's okay. And because yeah. today's a good day. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And then, and so he's telling them, this is how you're going to feel. This is how exactly how you're supposed to feel because you're, you're about to have your breakthrough. Mm-hmm. So that's what they're feeling. They're feeling, like, panicked. They're feeling, you know, they're cooking from the inside. Mm-hmm. And they're like, is this normal? Well, that's what he said. He said that this is exactly what I was going to be feeling. Mm-hmm. So I'm about to have my breakthrough. Yep. And then it never comes. My breakthrough is I realized that you're a scam artist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not going to do that again. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and people trying to leave and him com- trying to convince them to stay. Yeah. You know, it's just like, just let him walk out. And now, I mean, it's like, if they had stayed, more could have died. Oh, yeah. And I'm curious now what his teachings are based on what he's learned. <laughs> There's my air quotes. <laughs> I, I think he's probably spinning a lot of the same stuff that he's always, always used. I think he's just not doing the sweat lodge. Like, yeah. I don't think he's, I don't think he's doing that. I don't think he really realizes that he's done anything wrong. No, I don't think he thinks that at all. Just considering yeah. the things that he has said and how this is all about him, how. It was their time. It was, it was. Yeah. It was done. It was God's will. Well, and this was, is, this is his, this is a huge hardship on him. Yeah. You know, obviously not really any kind of remorse at all that these people died. Yeah. Under his leadership. Like, none of that. That's what is very sad mm-hmm. coming from all that. That he just, yeah, in his own spiritual awakening, yes, did not even feel concern over them. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, and then for Kirby's mom, her family, mm-hmm. to start that Seek Safely organization and then asking self-help teachers practitioners or whatever to just take the make a promise Mm -hmm. that you're going to be as safe as you possibly can this is of the mother of a of a woman that he killed yes and he refuses to make that promise it's like how could you possibly trust him to do anything self-help related like he's being asked to promise to be safe and he's like no thanks yeah exactly which I find fascinating because, you know, the initial re- retreat was $10,000. And granted, it is virtual. But now he's five hundred, seven hundred, and 8000 or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he's had to lower his prices. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Be- 
because he's got to build up his his base again or his <laughs> credibility. People won't pay him ten thousand dollars anymore. Ten thousand dollars a seat. Pay me I'm like, does anybody actually pay him the eight thousand dollars a seat? I know. With only that one little thing, it's, it's a like one on one. Do you want to meet with a murderer? <laughs> I'm like, Don, we could pay eight thousand dollars to go meet a murderer. <laughs> That's okay. We could just stalk him. <laughs> oh. Oh. I hope he's okay with me calling him a murderer. I'd be like, I just paid you $8,000. I'm going to sit here and call you a murderer for however long this one-on-one is. I'm sorry. If I were in that room with him <laughs> and with other people, I would certainly be telling him about... Everybody around me would know yep. that. Yeah. That... I do not believe a thing that comes out of your mouth. I'd be like, I have questions. Yeah. (laughs) Like, first, how do you sleep at night? (laughs) (laughs) I have other questions. (laughs) Like, yeah. I paid $8,000 for this. I'm going to ask all my questions. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. And you wait your turn (laughs) because. Because I have them. Tons. Yep. Did Oprah ever call you and say she was disappointed in you? (laughs) Right. At this point, I don't trust Oprah at all. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I'm just like, man, Oprah. I know. She's just trying to, it was, uh, okay, so I'm not sticking up for Oprah saying this, but, you know, her producer's trying to get her right. somebody new and fresh and, yes. you know, but well, she is she, part of that. Yeah. Yeah. And for her to be promoting something like The Secret and then having people come up there and I think she did... Like a little, like did one of his little seminar things too for for her show, you know, for the her Oprah Winfrey show. Oh, I bet nobody died on that. I bet. <laughs> I bet there wasn't really anybody else there either. I doubt Oprah would be mingling with, with right. commoners. <laughs> I wonder how she did in the sweat lodge. <laughs> I, well, and I doubt that happened, <laughs> you know. But you know, and to be promoting him. Mm-hmm. And then for something like that to happen, and then for her to just be silent, yeah, is, and I can understand that maybe she doesn't want to associate with that or to be to have her name associated with his, but that's too late for that. It is, and and unfortunately, I think there's so many bad things. I mean, so many people that do bad things that they would interview that it's like. Can you possibly apologize for everybody? No. no. But and, and I think that she didn't wouldn't want to take any kind of responsibility for his actions. You know, like for her to be like, I'm so sorry about these people, like to somehow take responsibility because she brought him on the show. She yes. made him a household name. Yeah. Like I can understand that. But to just not say anything at all seems right. I think for not vetting the person mm-hmm. better and knowing a little bit more about him, but of course he wasn't that kind of. He hadn't gone that far yet, so right. she didn't know. Mm-hmm. So, but still, like these self help people, he he was an AT and T telemarketer. Yeah, you know, it's like he had no education or background in this at all. He watched a bunch of Tony Robbins tapes and was like, I can do that. Yeah. And I, he can. <laughs> and that's how we learned about the sweat lodge, I'm sure. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, not through Tony Robbins, but. Yeah. Yeah. And just pick here and there and mm-hmm. 
you know, just enough to know that he can make this a spiritual thing, but not actually know anything about it. Because when all this happened, a lot of the Native American nations were upset because they kept calling it a sweat lodge ceremony. I was like, that was not a sweat lodge ceremony. Yeah. (laughs) Like it. Well, you know, I, I don't know of any American Indians who have died in a sweat lodge. So I'm sure yeah, that I, they do it. Yeah, I did a, differently. I did some. I did some research on that. Actually, um, they have to go through training. Um, there's a whole lot of traditions that go with it, depending on the region mm-hmm. and the, the culture. Um, there's traditional prayers and songs, but the training they go through the indigenous cultures with sweat lodge traditions, because not all indigenous cultures have sweat lodge traditions, Mm -hmm. they require someone to go through intensive training for many years to be allowed to lead a a lodge. Wow. One of the requirements is that the leader be able to pray and communicate fluently in the indigenous language of that culture, Mm -hmm. and that they understand how to conduct the ceremony safely. The leadership role is granted by the elders of the community, not self-designated. The leadership is only entrusted to those who are full members of the community and who live in the community. It is never given to outsiders who then leave to sell a ceremony. Um, the door is faced, the door may face a sacred fire. Um, cardinal directions have symbolism mm-hmm. depending on the, the culture. Um, the lodge may be oriented within its environment for a specific purpose. Placement and orientation of the lodge within its environment are often considered to facilitate the ceremony's connection to the spirit world. So where you have it is important. Mm-hmm. Um, the lodge is generally built with great care and knowledge. Like it's not just here's a teepee and uh-huh. a pit. Um, with respect for the environment and for the materials being used. The... Native American lodgers participants usually wear a simple garment, such as shorts or a loose dress. Mm-hmm. Uh, modesty is important. This hmm. is not for display. Yeah. So they expect you to to dress modestly, but still in something that's, you know, cool. Cool. Not. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, even with people who are experienced with sweat lodges and attending the ceremony led by properly trained um, and authorized traditional Native American ceremonial leaders. I mean, you can still experience problems due to underlying health issues. Yes. Like, but they, like the the Lakota, um, they recommend that people only attend lodges with authorized traditional spiritual leaders. So they are trained to to be able to say, you can't participate in this lodge. Interesting. And also trained to be like, you need to step outside. Yeah. Like, not to have you be in there just to see it through, you know? Right. So, all right. So, who knows what's up next for the next Dewey? Yeah. But it'll be good. (laughs) There's many other cults we could talk about. (laughs) Cults, murder, which both of these involved. Yeah. I was when I was researching, I was like, "This is gonna piss Don off so much." Because at the end, I'm like, "Nothing happened to him. He's fine." 
<laughs> He's doing fine. Still making a lot of money. <laughs> now that that didn't piss me off too. <laughs> but I was like. <laughs> and I'm sure he's not putting it towards any kind of uh, organization to help people either. Oh, it's no. all his. Yeah. Annoying. I mean, he can't even make a promise to do things safely. Yeah. Can't even promise the mother of a woman he killed mm-hmm. that he's going to take safer precautions. Even if you're not going to do it, you would think <laughs> I mean, that least. you would still sign it. <laughs> at least say you will. <laughs> well, I think that's the biggest slap in the face. Yeah. I was like, you obviously have no intention of doing it. Yes. Like, but you're not even going to pretend. Right. To say that you're going to do this to at least bring a little bit of solace. To the mother of a woman you killed. Yeah. Like, wow. (laughs) Exactly. You would think that that would be a marketing thing. At at the very least. Yeah. yeah, To be able to just say, I promise to to try to try. (laughs) Yeah. But no, he's not even promising that. No. So he is who he is. Mm Mm-hmm. And it doesn't sound like he's changed. Mm-mm. So he may have learned something. I'm just very curious what he did learn. He learned not to do sweat lodges. I think he learned not to get caught. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he learned not to do sweat lodges. Yeah, I hope so too. Like, or anything like that. I mean, even the desert thing. Yeah. Was not safe. Vision quest. Yeah. I think those can those things can be done in a safer environment mm-hmm. and like you said, like knowing what you're doing mm-hmm. with it. Right. And, and give some guidance and, and direction to those people of what they're even supposed to be doing. Right. Right. And the thing with like sweat lodges and I'm going to guess vision quests as well is from just learning about sweat lodges. Mm-hmm. Native American people aren't going to be like, yes, let me show you how to do this so then you can go out there right. and make money off of this. Exactly. And do this. Like, you have to be a part of their community, a part of their culture, mm-hmm. uh, be a part of their belief structures. But you can learn anything on YouTube, Denise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I don't know if YouTube was a thing then. But, but yeah, you're right. I mean, they would not have taught him that. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine any anybody doing that Mm-mm. you know all right beware of t- tell me his name is again or right, something arthur ray right james arthur, james ray. arthur ray be aware of him <sighs> be aware of crazy people yes telling you that jesus and vampires are the same <laughs> <laughs> because they don't die <laughs> Or whatever. <laughs> no. Right? <laughs> Just, if it sounds kind of crazy, it probably is very crazy. Yes. You should just leave. <laughs> Trust your first instinct, right? Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, like, this is not good. I'm out. <laughs> that is our advice to y'all. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come in handy in all kinds of situations, not just avoiding cults. Exactly. All right, so is that our session of, uh, do we like murder? Yes. 
Okay. We will hopefully talk to you all soon. Yes, because there's always something to talk about. Yep.